Murthy. This is Utkarsh from Network Capital. I'm really excited to have a conversation with you. Through this podcast, uh, we try and reach out to different uh, young leaders and experienced CEOs, thought leaders, uh, to try and deconstruct how they think, why they do what they do, and figure out mental models that drives them to success. So um, towards that end, I'm thrilled to learn a little more about you and share that with uh, our community. So tell us uh, who you are and what you do. Okay. Um, hello, my name is Aditi. I run this organization called Menstrupedia. Why I work towards spreading awareness about menstruation comes from a very personal experience. Um, I grew up with a lot of taboo that was that is related to menstruation myself. Um, uh, I uh, I had a, I come from a fairly uh, fairly decent family. My parents took a took a lot of care in raising me, but uh, somehow uh, those menstrual taboo affected affected me deeply. Um, when I was growing up, uh, whenever I would get period, I was considered impure. I was not allowed to touch anything that was holy in the house. Uh, not only holy, but also, you know, uh, like uh, I couldn't sit on the sofa or some other family member's bed. Um, I grew up looking at myself and my body as impure. Um, during my, when I was growing up, I got my periods in class seven and uh, the chapter which talked about menstruation came much later in class nine. And my school was really small. Like we had just six students in our class. But our biology teachers skipped the chapter asking us to go through it our own, on our own. So when, obviously, so when at home it was a taboo and at, at school the teachers skipped the chapter, uh, you know, uh, this whole idea was very much like, it, it became very strong in my mind that, uh, it's really a bad thing to talk about menstruation and decent people don't talk about periods. So I grew up looking. Uh, I also did not have access to sanitary napkin. We could have, I mean, we could have afforded, but the question was who would go buy sanitary napkins? Um, so so th these all experiences actually led uh, led to the formation of what, what I do now. Uh, this was in 2000. Uh, 2008 when uh, my co-founder Tuhin Paul and I was uh, studying at NID and then uh, we started talking about uh, about periods and then we, we saw it more like a communication design problem because there are many complex issues or biological you know science concepts that are being taught to us but somehow uh, this uh, this concept biological aspect is never finds our way in our textbooks also so we took up a year-long project uh, from a, a research project, it then formed into formed into a full time uh, career, and then we established Menstrupedia in 2012, uh, where uh, where you know we use comic books to teach girls about menstruation. So that is what we do. I well, make thank comic you books. so much uh, for sharing this. Uh, for our international audience, they might know not know what NID is. So could you mm. tell them a bit about? that and why you decided to take up um, NID? Right. Um, so um, NID is a, is a short form of National Institute of Design. Um, I was studying my post-graduation in uh, new media design there. Uh, new media is a part of interaction design. Um, but broadly, it is about communication design. I think uh, I both uh, Tuhin and I, uh, we run this company together and, and why I always say we is because uh, our stories are also always associated with what we work. Uh, 
we were engineers and uh, somehow we were <laughs> we were i mean uh, we were studying engineering because everybody was doing engineering i think that was not a a, a education that we would have chosen we were very different kind of people right from when we were kids but um, but it was only during our post graduation that we could have this kind of education um i really feel that uh, had i i did not know that you know a design college such as uh, national institute of design exists and we could have totally gotten into it uh, during our graduation days itself so tohin and you are both uh, engineers turned designers turned social entrepreneurs who run uh, uh, menstrual media today so right. uh, tell us about the early days of the partnership how did you guys get talking about this issue hmm uh, so i think i grew up with a lot of stigma around menstruation so i would never speak about it to anybody definitely not a male because we were not we were forbidden to discuss it even to our brothers and fathers so um this was during our studies at uh, this design college where uh, tuhin and i used to do a lot of projects together and that is how we fell into love with fell in love with each other and so i was comfortable sharing the information with him so he would be like there would be certain days of the month where i was not as chirpy as i used to be in other days so he would say you know what is ha- what happened so i told him so i was comfortable and this was the first time i was uh, breaking my silence on uh, periods uh, to a male person and i think that one step actually changed everything of what we do and how we got into this whole career path so essentially you both uh, were students and you started doing a lot of projects together and in the process you started dating and then this happened the discovery of a shared uh, area of interest and decided you both decided to uh, build basically an organization that tries to demystify this uh, subject right yes yes um so how is the experience of running and building Uh, a company with uh, with a partner i believe you both are uh, married right now right and the the yes. voice that we heard of is of uh, the kid that you both have yes yes you can you can hear in the background i think my kid is playing he comes to my office every day yeah this is a special podcast i must say so tell us about uh, uh, some uh, tell us about the experience yeah i think to for setting up uh, a company which was dealing with a taboo topic 5 years back uh, it was quite challenging uh, it was never a very lucrative business idea not only lucrative i would say i think it was never a viable business idea for any business experts um we were always denied of any kind of funding that we wanted to raise but on the other hand what was happening is, is that because we our product was very user centric and it came from a personal space it worked for us and it worked for hundreds of people the prototype itself was used by many ngos to educate girls about menstruation and when we launched menstrupedia's website it was received so well i uh, actually if, at every phase whatever menstrupedia's response was it was always overwhelming it was overshooting our expectation people were loving the content people were loving how we were projecting the subject in a positive light how we were empowering them to overcome their sense of shame and talk about menstruation so that was very uh, i i would say it was kind of a magical and we were in the middle of uh, you know a kind of a feminist tsunami that came in india where everybody became very aware about female issues and um 
very vocal about the operation, the, the, the systematic operation that female goes through and what it does to our society. So, um, so it was quite amazing how we were a part of this change and we were, we were actually, uh, what can we say, we were rewriting the whole narrative and we were changing the narrative in terms of uh, that, you know, telling people that, you know, don't see menstruation in a negative light, uh, accept menstruation as what it is. And people were doing it. So um, we were facing some funding issues and uh, then we Which year are we talking about okay. right now? So uh, this was this was in the beginning. I think in 2012 and 13 was the time when we just quit our jobs and set up Menstrupedia full-time, started working on Menstrupedia full-time. Um, and you both quit your jobs? So this yes. was the only thing that you were doing? Yes. This has always been the only thing that we have done uh, for the last, uh, since 2012. Okay, phenomenal. So yeah, so you both quit your job, graduate from design school, design for, uh, graduate from school, quit your jobs, start the company, and then starts the process of actually building out the organization inch by inch. Right. So the first step was uh, what? The first step was, uh, uh, yeah, when while we were at jobs, I uploaded the prototype of the comic that, that was already there in my college where uh, the uh, my teachers just loved it, the users were loving it. So I uploaded a version of it on Blogspot. And that is how... I started getting more and more responses from people. Obviously, and so initially it was a blog that you mm. blew up and the yeah. blog was started in college. Is that right? No, it, this was during our job. So uh, after college, we worked for uh, one and a half year in e-learning companies where we were doing the same thing as in uh, building educational tools for professionals and kids. Right. And uh, and our plan of quitting the job was after getting married because in India, it's quite difficult to get married if you're running a startup. I mean, you'll be questioned a lot from each other uh, family's parents that what do you do Why for us? Why do you a... think that's the case? Um, I think because, uh, 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 because your parents love you. Your parents want you to be having a very secured life. And, they, and one of the ways of having a secured life is uh, to have a regular income which cannot be insured in just a small idea that you're building from scratch. So a job is always seen as a, um, seen as a, as a parameter of success and also as security. Because um, a generation, I mean, we are entrepreneurs now, but just a generation back and their generation back, uh, they were farmers and then they had job. And then now our generation is uh, into taking more risks. So you tell your parents that you're getting married and... Uh... Did you reveal it to them that you also plan to quit your job? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I think we did not do it for... So after getting married, we stuck to another job, which was a transitory job in Ahmedabad. We moved from then, we moved to... From Mumbai, we moved to Ahmedabad because we knew that we have to quit it at some point of time. Um, actually, the time when we quit our jobs, our parents... Uh, Parents were taking it very lightly. They, they thought that, you know, they are just taking... They are on a sabbatical. They did not. They did not think that uh, they felt somewhere they felt cheated that just after getting married, these people have become completely unstable. <laughs> and we both are, and we both are eldest ones in the family. So Tuhin is the eldest brother, I'm the eldest uh, sister. So right. we were setting a very bad examples for our <laughs> siblings. Did you have any savings, both of you? 
Yeah, both of us. Uh, Tuhin has one brother. I have two brothers. No, no, not a sibling. Did you have savings at that time to start in all yes, of Yes, yes, yes. Uh, um, uh, we had a saving of two point five lakhs, which uh, which was our personal saving. Which uh, before quitting the job, we then moved to a very small place, sold all our furnitures, uh, reduced the you know uh, the cost of living drastically. Like we were living in a one BHK uh, in a very low cost area in Ahmedabad. I think. The rent was only five five point five thousand rupees. But why move to Ahmedabad? Uh, okay, uh, I think we both studied here. We were living in Mumbai. The cost of living in Mumbai is quite high. The burn rate is very high there. Um, that's one reason. Uh, the second reason is uh, we uh, Tuhin did his engineering from uh, DICT, the Hirubai Ambani Institute of Technology. So. And then we studied at the National Institute of Design. We already knew people who would probably help us with our ideas. And also, um, uh, the best business school is here. So uh, mostly because of the familiarity of the Familiarity, place. network, you already had yeah. done some groundwork, plus low yeah. cost. Makes sense. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, I just want to do a deeper dive into the early days of Menstrupedia. So what was the first product or service that you wanted to build and how different or same is it when you look at it today, seven years hence? Hmm. <laughs> That's such a good question. Uh, we always wanted to build this comic book, mostly because a huge part of prototype testing was already done when we were studying. We knew that this tool is going to work, mostly because... Print is an inclusive medium. It is not a very fancy tool. It is not a digital solution. It is not a new media solution. But it is something that is going to work for India because you don't have to, for reading a book or a comic book, you don't have to uh, depend on electricity or on the internet for its uh, distribution. So we knew that this is this is going to work. Um, we launched the website first uh, because <clears throat> the research that was done was mostly done uh, in my personal capacity where, you know, it was a year-long research, but it was mostly done in parts of Gujarat and parts of Charkhand, where I come from. Uh, a broader, on a broader perspective, we wanted to see what, what information people are seeking. So we launched this website and we have a Q&A forum there. And uh, the most viewed question would be not taking, why not taking bath during menstruation or why not, uh, you know, uh, uh, doing worship, worshiping during menstruation so it was kind of a validation of what kind of information people are looking for but also um we but people were trying to understand why these kind of myths exist existed and on our forum they would they could ask so it was also telling us that you know uh, these questions are being posted by people who have access to internet and have computers and these are all uh, people of a certain uh, certain background and a certain class so this whole thing about this whole misunderstanding about that menstrual myth only exists in rural rural areas where people are not educated is actually not true. I see. So this takes off well, and uh, isn't that a bit similar to what you're doing today? Uh, hmm. With the with the difference that today it is it's like your your comics sell in multiple languages. There are thousands of people who buy your books. So. Hmm. Uh, is that something that you uh, that has remained the same and have you diversified uh, the offering from when mm -hmm. you started 
um when we started we thought we we knew that you know we had just one goal the one goal is that there is a very basic information about menstruation that a girl should know at the right time and that right, right time is before she starts getting her period so that right. that is what our aim was and then to achieve this goal what are the different things we can do so comic book was one also we knew that you know uh, uh, to to reach this goal you have to make it uh, it's a taboo so you have to deal with people uh, uh, you know people shame shamefulness and then if they are ashamed of reading any medium then you have to create a medium where it creates an environment where menstruation ceases to be a taboo so we knew all of these things but um apart from book we also know that you know millions of girls are coming into puberty every year and to reach those people you cannot have trained educators and you cannot everybody cannot afford the book or somebody is not giving them for free so how can we have peer learning and for peer right. to peer learning and that and we also wanted to break this cycle of you know we see a cycle of uh, myths uh, grandmother saying something to their daughter to follow and then the daughter when she becomes mother something to follow so um then we they, then we created hello periods video which is which is a trainers guide that too is in in 12 indian languages and then anybody can download uh, now what has happened is that standard 12 girls are teaching standard 5 girls about periods in their schools many of the schools oh wow um, is that is that working well yeah it's working well and i did not know about this i come to know only when somebody shares a picture with me or somebody say that in amdabad very recently i was invited to one of the school and they said our girls are implementing a program there would you like to come and review and i realized they are all using our material and these girls read menstruopedia comic book when they were in class 7 <laughs> and now we find out about uh, the menstruopedia comic book i think so far it has been word of mouth it has been some somebody who knows about menstruopedia writes about you uh, and and many a times by friends like you who would say that hey let me help you to reach out to more number of people um uh with government what has happened is that uh, they have always uh, done a small pilot where they say mm. that okay we want to see the effectiveness of the program effectiveness mm. of the book and the kind of findings when they come uh, and they find this they find it so effective uh, overall i think our goal is that we want to raise a generation of mother collectively uh, everybody should everybody can be a part of it collectively how we raise a generation of mothers who are free of menstrual taboo who do not see menstruation impure and when they become you know when these girls become uh, they are informed about the right age when they become mother you know then they are not going to follow all these myths right um, what, what about men where do they yes, fit in this uh, yes 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 so when we started working on uh, you know the uh, um, uh fighting the taboo around menstruation we realized that you know it has to do a lot with women empowerment it has to do a lot with how women perceive their bodies and hence you know uh, working on reducing the gender gap uh less girls would be dropping out from school all of that um we started finding that we are talking about puberty but we are not talking about boys puberty and all the all the formation of you know like a sense of masculinity idea of consent idea of a body positive image bullying that all happens during the age of formation and the age of formation is during puberty and they are you know they are receiving all the wrong messages like um, for boys their sex education class is 
pornography and that is not a good sex education class the sex education itself is missing from india so um, and men somehow they become they started becoming the forgotten gender when we talk about um, gender equality in the last 6 6 7 years that has happened so uh, we are now working on a book comic book again because this medium really works well uh this book is called gulu where uh, where the book would be talking about masturbation uh nightfall what is happening to their bodies but also what are the nutritional uh, aspect that they should take care of um is muscle are muscles really the sign of manliness what is about consent what what should boys know about uh, periods um actually we want to we want to raise another generation of boys right so that you know we have a generation of men who understand women better who understand themselves better who are better in expressing their views and accepting that men can you know men can also cry and men can also feel vulnerable wonderful who's designing this and uh, how are you because this is such a complicated subject both what mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm. and uh, mentioned mm-hmm. media like what you were doing now then and what you're doing now Um, how are you designing the concepts and uh, um what has been your uh, research looking like for the past uh, year or two right um we are we are by heart designer so we always listen to our users user study becomes a very very important tool for us we use different methodologies qualitative research quantitative research we go through papers we also uh, do a lot of interviews um the process of developing a book so the uh, menstrualia comic was completely developed developed by tuhin and me mm-hmm. uh, this book we are getting help from people uh, we are having a research person whose job is just to do research in terms of what is the content that a boy should know and how to raise him right uh we are going in the field talking to people having those interviews so all of these things are happening we have a content writer who is working on the instructional design part of it what should be taught we yes. also have an illustrator uh who would um who are illustrating uh, and one one thing is very uh, very, very very particular about that even though we are talking about private parts even though we are talking about masturbation we are talking about menstruation uh it has to be done in a culturally sensitive way because if it is not culturally sensitive it is not going to work in india and definitely not in the south asian region that we are working so we are very con- uh, sensitive in terms of uh, what we are saying and how we are saying so that um even though boys young boys and young girls are our readers teachers and parents are our gatekeepers and they should not be offended any visuals should not offend them and all of these things is definitely uh, overlooked by us we do a lot of user testing we do a lot of iterations our design process comprises a lot of iterations so script we run through a run through many parents we when we make storyboarding we we just give those storyboardings to uh, storyboard to the users and see their reaction and then you know iterate whatever whatever feedback we get from them um when you share this with uh, with some indian parents are they mm. shocked are they surprised uh, both are they welcoming and not i'm wondering what's it like okay uh, i think the parents that we talk spoke to about uh, definitely fall actually in our circle primarily but 98% of them wanted their boys to raise right 
97% of the parents wanted their boys to know about periods so we have data and most of it is always at par as in um, most of them agree that this should be taught this is how they should be raised uh, they should be taught about consent and uh, we need to talk to them about emotions and bullying and or, and issues that they face understood what's been the hardest part of building menstrupedia it seems like it's been 7 years right Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Congratulations, uh, first of all. But, uh... <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think the hardest part is definitely to first of all establish a business where the whole topic itself is a taboo. So I can I can still remember the day when I'm pitching the idea. Tuhin and I are pitching this idea to four men um, in Mumbai, and uh, uh, and they have no idea who taught their daughters about menstruation, and they did not see it as a market. Uh, So the problem is that when a topic is taboo, uh, it's hidden. So if a problem is hidden, you don't know what is the side of sides of the problem, and hence the market. So um, funds has been a challenge for us, but somehow it has. We have always overcome it. The first time when we had uh, a challenge of just rolling out Menstrupedia comic book, we did crowd funding, and it was quite amazing. As in, we raised more than uh, we our target, and. Uh, and we uh, we could roll out menstrupedia and since then we have been sustaining ourselves uh, but i really think that at this point of time the big thing that we are facing is the number of girls that we are reaching every year you know 80 lakhs girls are getting their puberty which means that we need to reach those 80 lakhs girl and teach them about what menstruation is so that they are better prepared to take care of themselves 23 million girls are dropping out of school just because they are menstruating they are reaching puberty so the problems are many toilets there are not toilets uh, menstruation is a taboo they don't have sanitary napkins but these many girls dropping out of school means that they are married early uh, they have kids early uh, they are not earning and they are going to this through this systematic gender based violence i mean just how much gender equality could be just controlled you know uh, just by just by making sure that these girls do not drop out of school during puberty and teaching them about menstruation so that is the biggest challenge we are not able to reach the large number of girls that we could um and teach them about menstruation understood um tell us about uh, you know like a day in the life now you have a big big office mm-hmm. i assume that there are 10 plus people mm-hmm. um what kind of people join you how are you all dividing the work and what does an average day look like at menstrupedia right and uh, so we work 10 to 6 we are very particular about our timings uh, mostly because we believe that people should have their own life but also uh, they should be punctual everybody comes to office by 10 um, today we had a session with teach for india fellows who came for their retreat so three of our team members went there and spoke about i spoke about menstruation menstrupedia um, then we also then one of the team members talk about the gulu project and then we are working on this tool we have already created that tool which uh, which helps kids to prevent uh, child sexual abuse so we spoke to them about that a part of our work goes into packing the books so there is every day there are certain amount of books that are being ordered online and we through amazon or flipkart or on a website or bulk books so that is that is one this thing that goes and then the rest of our time is consumed into uh, 
um, developing these this book so a team of writers and illustrator is constantly working on this uh, tuhin and my job is also to um, i think we right now we are more into reach out where we are reaching out to people and saying hey please help us to reach out to more number of girls hey please help us to uh, and uh, user testing for sure i think uh, one of the one of the things that we keep doing is interact with our users so that is that is a little bit part of our social media also where we uh, constantly talk about how can we prevent child sexual abuse how can we prevent uh, how can we raise boys right so from two you know i mean it's very interesting when i was a teach for india i also came to ahmedabad for a retreat and oh you uh, did and <laughs> oh you are a teach for india fellow wow no i used to be a teach for india staff uh, okay used to select the fellows at uh, okay. time. so mm-hmm. i came to ahmedabad and very fondly remember the time when they took us to a non profit at that time i spent uh, a couple of nights uh, with the with the local family in the slums Was, mm. um, was a really powerful experience. I'm glad that they came and saw Menstrupedia this time. Yes. No, they uh, did not come to our office. We went to talk to them because there were some 54 people. <laughs> 54 people cannot be accommodated in our small office. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Teach for India has really grown at that time. Mm-hmm. It used to be yeah. I believe 200, 300 fellows, and now it's uh, much more. Yeah, um, I think I think it's five five hundred and more fellows all over India. I see. Okay. wonderful so um so this hap so you know an average day a dynamic day clearly a big team is working in place so i see that you have a revenue source hmm. so are you a business are you a social enterprise are you an ngo and um, why did you choose that whichever it is hmm, hmm. i think uh, so we are a partnership firm um, hmm. we chose to be social entrepreneurs and uh, we knew that at the end of the day it has to be a business um, you have to make enough money to pay everybody and also put additional money back into the business uh, mostly we did not choose to be a not for profit is because we wanted our source of income to be coming from our customers and it has to be a damn good product we cannot have um, no i'm not saying that non profit do not make a damn good product but no, if i make product yeah so if i am making a product for individual customers because the need is so much universal that it has to be competing with other books also but there is no such book actually on menstruation for the indian market but uh, it has to be a damn good product so that people pay to buy because uh, somehow the whole uh, uh, attitude is that oh i don't need it some other unprivileged person uneducated people need it oh no the fact is that even very big schools like the i mean i don't want to take names but very big schools also skip the chapter on menstruation so it is not been taught about uh, yeah. hence hence the uh, hence the structure but we are we are quite as in uh, i think when you run a company uh, it's always in a transitory phase so uh, maybe the structure might change but this this philosophy of ours uh, drives what kind of structure we get into super tell us about uh, you know about the most satisfying part of uh, building menstrupedia and where what are your goals for the uh, coming year hmm i think my journey with menstrupedia has definitely been uh, magical it has not only been satisfactory uh just the fact that we were able to challenge this decades old myths and then it kind of gave rise to a movement 
uh, we partnered with png and earlier the jingle would go like laga chundri mein jaag and then they came up with this campaign of touch the pickle where you can touch the pickle on your uh, period so for your audiences uh, not touching a pickle on menstruation is a very common concept uh, because you are on your period you are impure and hence if you touch the pickle it will go bad very common uh, mis- uh, myth that girls we girls follow when we are on your when we are on our period so so these kind of campaigns started happening period started periods started being seen in in a positive light uh, i am not down there were so many campaigns that started happening so it's very satisfactory that uh, you know i was we were able to we were able to at least challenge that and at least put some some you know some dent in whatever the whole system of tradition was in systematic operation of girls um right now personally i think the most satisfactory uh, thing for me is just to understand the power of women being entrepreneurs and this career path um i have a 1.5 year old son and i have been bringing him to we have been bringing him to office since he was 5 months old i have been breastfeeding him for the entire one year uh, i was coming to my office during my pregnancy and uh, i could build all these thing i could build this career path for me because i was a woman in business and uh, also the culture in our company is like that uh, there is absolutely no no place for any politics or something it's a very nurturing caring uh, uh, caring culture which is very satisfactory as a women entrepreneur it is and i think more and more women if they more and more females if they can they can take entrepreneurship they can just build their own game then they don't have to you know drop out from the job scenario um they can remain in the workforce absolutely and you are definitely an inspiration for um for entrepreneurs uh, everywhere um we're coming towards the close uh, of uh, the interview like this will go to hundreds of thousands of subscribers Tell us your goal and any way in which uh, people can learn more about you, found you, find you, support you. Hmm. Uh, telling a goal, uh, it's a little, little, little longer. Um, I want to tell how uh, my journey and why, why my goal is associated with this. So I grew up, grew up in this place called Gadhwa. This is in Jharkhand. Uh, uh, in my patern, per, paternal side, the girls would get married when, as soon as they finish their tenth. so uh, and my mother and my parents are very highly educated they understood the the importance of education uh, because that small town lacked education facilities they you know sold off their big house they moved to ranchi uh, just for educating us i did not have to drop out of school um, i finished my engineering uh, when i was 25 i finished uh i finished my nid national institute of design i graduated um at in 27 by 29 by 28 we had established menstrupedia by 29 i was in forbes india 30 under 30 and at the age of 33 i was uh, i was named as a uh, uh, most influential woman in business in the impact category the same year i had my first baby um and i and i come to think about what were the odds the odds were education i did not have to drop out of school when i was in 10th and i know every time that you know 23 million girls are dropping out of schools uh, when they reach puberty so my goal is that how can this number become zero so that 
i know that for a fact that if girls are educated this is what this is what a journey of a girl from coming from a very small town who does not have to drop out of school can be so what can these 23 girls 23 million girls can do to our country and our economy is what uh, what i think all the time and what can our goal be with this no this is so inspiring aditi thank you very much for your time we truly truly appreciate it and uh, we look forward to your master class it's on the 6th uh, and it'll be broadcast on network capital premium uh, thanks again it was terrific thank speaking you. with you thank you so much